Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Man, good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear y'all. I didn't hear y'all. <laughs> y'all still traumatized from from Snowvid, man. That was intense, intense week. Uh, I'm sure that many of many of you, like like the rest of Texas, was pretty frustrated with, um, with just being out of water, being out of uh, being out bursted pipes, being no, with no power. Um, I, I know some of y'all um, y'all y'all did well. Um, praise God. I mean, we're, we're, we survived, right? We made it. We're here at church, worshiping God, right? Despite what happened this week. Um, it's, it's good to be in the house of God today. Today is a special day, friends and family service. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, if we have any visitors in the room, thank you for being here. We love you. We, we consider you guys friends. We consider you guys family. Um, and welcome, welcome to our, our NUMA family. Amen. Um, Next week, just while, while I'm doing some introductions, next week we're going to have uh, Tim McCain. He's been here many times. He's a friend of ours. He's going to come and he's going to speak to us. He's, a, he's an evangelist and um, he's talking about a very, very serious issue that, that faces the church. Uh, so come next Sunday and be blessed by his word. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask that you turn to Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to read that before... Um, Getting, getting much deeper. Matthew 9, we're going to be reading verses 9 through 13. <clears throat> when you have it, you can say amen. And if you don't have it, I got you. And it says this, it says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at a table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with him uh, and, and, and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Verse 13 says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for what you have done this morning uh, through, your, th- through the worship. Father God, your Holy Spirit was present, my God, as always. I pray right now that, that as we speak this word, Father God, I pray that it is your Holy Spirit that speaks to your people this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've entitled today's message, As You Are. As You Are. That's, that's kind of our theme for today, our theme, this being Friends and Family Sunday, uh, we decided to, to kind of have this theme of come as you are. So you might notice I'm wearing, I'm, look, I'm looking fly, right? Uh, I'm wearing my Numa shirt, plain Numa shirt. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a collared shirt on. I got, got my Adidas on. This morning, this morning, um, so, so I have an addiction, okay? My name is Ryan. I have an addiction. Uh, I, I like dress boots, expensive shoes as my wife, as yes, my wife would call them expensive shoes and she's telling everybody that they're expensive shoes. Uh, so I, I, this morning I was like, man, I bought these new shoes and I, I want to wear them. I haven't worn them to church. 
So this morning I wore them for the Spanish service. I had a little, little, uh, sweater on, looked a little bit more dressed up. Um, I still wanted to wear those shoes, but this morning for you guys, I put on the Adidas, but look, look, I just show and tell, show and tell. Aren't, aren't these fly, man? Come on. Look at these. My uncle David is my inspiration sitting right there. And so if I couldn't wear them, I just wanted to show them to you. Amen. I had nothing to do with the message, but okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I actually, I prefer this type of attire. It, it, it's, it's comfortable. I'm comfortable. Um, I've slowly kind of made strides to a more casual attire on Sunday mornings. For, for, those of no, uh, for those of you who have known me for a long time, you might remember when I was a teenager, I would wear these suits that were like two, three sizes too big for me. And I'd come every Sunday, suited up. You couldn't tell me I wasn't fly. I, I knew I was. Um, but over time, I've kind of tried to, I like to worship comfortably. I like to preach comfortably. And so I'm, I'm comfortable here this morning. And earlier this week, um, I had, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands, like, like many of you. And um, I, I also had really bad cell coverage. I don't, was, that, was that just me? Everybody. Okay, cool. Yeah, really bad cell coverage. I couldn't even make phone calls, text messages. And so when the power would kick back on every now and then like it did, I had this little burst of energy uh, or, or of, of, of power where I could go to, you know, to my phone and I could check my text messages and I could, I could browse the Internet. So what I like to do this is just kind of like a, something that I do is I like to go down rabbit holes uh, on the Internet. And I just I search different topics and, and, and articles and I just I do a bunch of research and I'm there on my phone. My sister says I'm always on my phone and I, I am. Um, but I had this thought. I had this thought as I was preparing this message. I, I kind of knew what I was going to talk about. And I wondered I had this question. Where did dressing up for church come from? Where did that come from? It wasn't always a thing. Who said, you know what? I'm going to wear a feather hat to church. Who said that? Who did that? Right. Because uh, it wasn't it wasn't always a thing. So where did that come from? You know, because, again, when you try to break out of that, it you know, it, sometimes it comes with pushback. A few years ago, when I started pastoring, someone pulled me to the side and they said that I need to be wearing a suit because I'm a pastor. Um, but that's not really that's not really me. You know, I, I like wearing suits every now and then. But I, again, I prefer to be comfortable. So I asked this question, where did dressing up for church come from? I asked the, the most unnecessary questions, but they interest me. So I started doing research. And what I found was that prior to the, uh, the Industrial Revolution, uh, people didn't dress up for church unless they were of the wealthy class. And the ones that were of the wealthy class only dressed up for church because they dressed up for everything. But those who weren't wealthy, they had like one or two outfits so they had one outfit that, that they would have to work in. Uh, so we're talking agrarian society. So, so the, the means of production was mostly farming. So you would have your, your attire for farming and then you would have your outfit for not farming. So, you know, the lower middle class, they had two, three outfits, tops. And it was also, it was also customary that if you were not of the wealthy class, you shouldn't try to look as if you were of the wealthy class. And if you were of the wealthy class, you should not dress as, you, as if you were of the lower class. So that was kind of the thing. After the Industrial Revolution, the middle class, if you, went, if, if, if you studied anything in history, the middle class started coming up in the, in, in the ranks, right? They were able to afford nicer things, nicer clothes. And so because they were able to afford nicer things, 
there was that excitement to own nicer things. Well, if you could afford it, I'm going to have it, right? And so this new ability by the middle class to afford nicer things, it made its way into the church. And this was a big controversy by, with a, within a lot of Christian groups. They didn't like it because they considered it worldly. In fact, John Wesley, he's a, a famous commentator, great preacher. Um, he's, he's where we get the Methodist denomination, the Wesleyan denomination. He actually spoke out against dressing nice. He was a staunch advocate against dressing nice for church. So he tweeted, I'm just kidding, he didn't tweet, the 17th, 18th century. Uh, he said, I have his quote here, he said, let your dress be cheap and let it be plain. Teaching that fine clothing, jewelry, makeup were worldly and sinful. Y'all in sin. <laughs> Not this Sunday though, right? But, but, but with the continued growth of the middle class, and, and this desire to not only afford nicer things, but also have nicer churches, that trend continued and people started to dress up nice to accompany their, their nice looking church building. So it was a controversy back then in the 18th century to dress up for church. And a few years ago, it was controversial for me to wear jeans. My, my, how we've come full circle. <laughs> and I've been to churches where I've seen the nicest outfits, the flyest outfits. I've also been to churches where there have literally been flies swarming around people's heads. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We went on that mission trip one time. And, and, but, but however they were, Jesus took them as they were. Right? And so however you've come this morning, Jesus accepts you as you are. He loves you as you are. Amen? Someone say amen to that. I'm glad that he loves me how I am because I know how I am. I know that I'm not good enough. I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I don't deserve the love of God for, for the things that I've done in the past. But he loves me anyways. And so this chapter 9 of Matthew, if you read the whole chapter, chapter 9, you're going to notice that every finger is pointed to Jesus. Every, and, and not in a good way. They're, 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 the Pharisees are constantly accusing Jesus of something, criticizing him for something, speaking badly against him. First, we see Jesus forgive a man's sins. And, and the Pharisees accuse him of being a blasphemer because, because only God can forgive sins. Who is this man thinking that he can go around forgiving sins? No one can do that but God. We see that the Pharisees were ridiculing Jesus and his disciples for not fasting. You'll notice that there uh, in chapter 9. They, they, the Pharisees ask the disciples, why don't you guys fast? We see them laughing at Jesus for saying that a dead girl was not dead. She was only sleeping. We see the Pharisees calling D Jesus demon-possessed because that has, that's got to be the only way that he's able to cast out demons because he's being used by a demon. And so in the middle of all those accusations and criticisms, we see Jesus here being criticized for hanging around sinners. And in these days, something you got to know about the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were like their own class of people. They didn't hang around sinners. They didn't hang around tax collectors. They, they communed with people that they perceived to be of the same religious caliber as they were. I'm not going to hang out with sinners. I'm not going to hang out with tax collectors. And so, so if Jesus was really the son of God, like he claimed to be, 
The Pharisees said, well, why is he sitting down with sinners? Isn't, isn't Yahweh holy? Isn't he pure? Doesn't he not like sin? Didn't he separate man from the garden after the fall of man when sin was introduced to the world? If this is actually the son of God, why is he communing with sinners? Why is he doing that? Didn't make sense. Doesn't bad company corrupt good character? As the Bible says. I know, I know your parents kept tabs on who you were hanging out with when you were young. Amen? Yes or no? And my dad would always ask me, who, who's going to be there? <laughs> who are you going to hang out with? You guys ever, you remember uh, T-Mobile's My Faith 5? Yeah, man. <laughs> Good times, man. <laughs> my Faith 5. I bet your parents were like, who's on your My Faith 5? What, what are their names? I need to know who you're talking to with unlimited minutes. Because, because as parents, we know, right? We know who you keep in your circle is often a reflection of who you are as a person. Who you keep in your circle is often uh, a reflection of who you might become if you are influenced by the wrong people. We know that. We, as parents, we know that. As a parent, I don't want my daughters hanging around certain kids. Okay? I don't want them growing up to hang around... Uh, Drug addicts, I don't want them hanging out with other little girls who, who show a little bit too much skin because then they want to come home and they want to ask to, if they can dress like that. Oh, man, if that day ever comes, Lord help me. You better believe I'm judging like a Pharisee when I see my daughters hanging around with certain kids. So I, I, bet, I bet that the Pharisees, they loved watching Jesus commune with sinners. They loved it. Because it was just another thing added to their list that they could accuse Jesus of. Look at him, hanging out with sinners. That was, he, to them, Jesus was helping their case. They were building a case against Jesus that he was this liar, that he was this fraud, that he was a blasphemer. And so they loved it, seeing Jesus hang out with sinners. And I want you to notice something. Um, in verse 13, see the Pharisees criticize Jesus for eating with sinners. That's their criticism of Jesus. But according to Jesus own, own standards, he doesn't just eat with sinners. He calls sinners. He's not just eating with you. He's calling you. I don't know why that doesn't make you more excited this morning. He's not just here to eat with you and fellowship with you. He's here to use you. He's here, he's here to call you into greatness. It doesn't matter what you've done. Why, why would the son of God, the son of the most high God, the embodiment of everything that is pure, holy, and righteous, why would he call the sinner? What does he want with me? What does he want with, with the sinner? That answer is very much in the name of Jesus. You know what the name of Jesus means? Anybody? I went over this like three weeks ago. Okay. <clears throat> The name of Jesus means Yahweh saves. It means God saves us. So if Yahweh is going to save us from the torment of hell as a result of evil committed by the sinner, who do you think that he came for? The sinner. He didn't come for the righteous because there is none righteous. The Bible says it. There is none righteous. Whether you think you're righteous or not, you could do all the good works. You could read all the Bible verses, you could post all the Bible verses, you could say the daily prayers, you could abstain from doing all the worldly things. But even on your most righteous day, the Bible says to God, it is like a filthy rag. 
It's like a filthy rat. Some of us are parading around the church and, and, and we're, we're, we're telling people, why can't you be more like me? Why can't you read the Bible more like me? Oh, if you just read the Bible more like I do. Oh, if you just prayed a little bit more like I do. And we're, we're, we're parading ourselves as righteous when God is like, bro, you're not, you ain't nothing. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. Look at these sinners. Look at these tax collectors. How, how could he be, be, be sitting and eating with them. We know that the Bible says that God is not like man who looks at the, at the outer appearance. He, he looks at the heart, right? We see this first with, with David. When King David was being called, Jesse, the father of David, he presented all of his older sons, his best looking sons. He, he took a look at him. He said, these, these have what it takes to be a king. He didn't even bring, he didn't even bring David inside. He left David outside because surely this shepherd boy, he's not even going to be chosen by Samuel. Samuel comes and he says, nope, 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 nope. Who else you got? And that's where we first hear that God, he looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outer appearance. And the, the Pharisees, they were looking at the outer appearance of these men by, and calling them sinners. Jesus would look at the heart of the Pharisees and say, see that they were sinners as well. You're sinners too, man. You just hide it under your religion. That's all it is. So when Jesus said, I came not for the righteous, but for the sinners, the Pharisees didn't even realize that he was talking about them as well. If only they would humble themselves. If only they would repent. If only they would have faith. If only they would stop saying, I'm so righteous and recognize that there is none. Church, let me, let me, let me talk to the church real quick. I know we have friends and family and visitors. Let me talk to the church. Church, we must never, someone say never. never. We must never fall in the danger of thinking that we have become righteous. We, we, we don't become righteous. Even when, even when we get saved, we don't become righteous. What happens? We become filled with grace. That's what we become. We become filled with grace as a result of our repentance and we strive to live a more sanctified life. That's what makes us different. Not our own righteousness. We don't know how to be righteous. At the end of the day, if there is no Jesus in me, we can, we can wear the clothes, we can carry the Bible, we can know the verses, we can, we can preach the sermons, we can know the theology, but none of that will save me. I need Jesus to call me so that I can follow him. That's what I need. I need him to give me permission. I need him to give me permission that even though I'm not good enough, even though I'm imperfect, I can still follow him because I'm wanted by him. That's why he calls me. How many of us would love to join like, like the elite, right? We, we, we want to be a part of a certain group. How, how many of us would not want to be in, in, in certain inner circles? You know, I really like, I really like Elon Musk, man. I think he's, I think he's, he's got it together. Now he might need, he might need Jesus. We're going to pray for him, but. I like to be invited to his house for dinner, but he's probably not thinking about some, someone like me. Jesus, we would think, well, why would, why would the son of God think of, of someone like me? I'm so far away from what is holy. I'm so far away from what is righteous. I'm not good enough. And yet Jesus wants the ones that are not good enough. Jesus wants the ones that are, that are so far from what he is. <clears throat> 
And so we get to Matthew. Matthew is this tax collector. And tax collectors, they were notorious for, for taking more than, than what was actually required by them from Rome. I kind of equate them with those fake IRS calls that you get. Every now and then they've scammed so many people out of thousands of dollars. Man, they almost got Melissa one time, man. <laughs> For real. Like she, she called me after she was afraid because they said, if you don't pay X amount, you know, cops are on standby. They're, they're coming to your house when we first got married. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was scared. Don't we consider those people like, like the worst of the worst, man? Oh man, they, they need Jesus, right? And it, it's, it's said that, that many of these tax collectors here in Jesus' time, they would accept bribes from the wealthy because the wealthy said, look, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more if you reduce my taxes. The tax collectors would say, okay. And then, and then what they would do is they would take the remainder of the, their tax bill and they would pass it on to the lower class. So they were hated. Nobody liked the tax collectors, they had a, a bad reputation. I, I, I found something uh, that said when, when a Jew entered the service of Rome, he was regarded as an outcast. He was disqualified as a judge or a witness in court session. He was excommunicated from the synagogue. And in the eyes of the community, his disgrace extended to even his family. So of all people, Jesus calls Matthew one of these notorious Hated tax collectors. Even the fishermen were taxed by these guys. So it was probably very uncomfortable for Matthew to be introduced to, to people like, like Peter, right? I would have loved to have seen that. But as awkward as, and uncomfortable as it was, Matthew leaves behind everything. He leaves his tax business and, and he follows Jesus. And verse 11 says, And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I don't, I don't know how you picture the scene when you, when you read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I'm very, I like, to, I like to play it out of my head, so I like to picture it. And when I would, when I would think of this story, I would always think of Jesus kind of being in a, in, in a small room in a, in a house with, with a few people. And, you know, it says he, he reclined with sinners. So I, I naturally just think of a recliner and he's there and he's just kind of hanging out with, with these people. But, but that, that's the wrong picture. This was a public setting. There were probably hundreds of people here in this setting. The text says that, that many tax collectors, many sinners gathered together with Jesus. So this isn't like, you're, you know, you have five believing friends and then you have one unbelieving friend. Right, so you have the, the five believing friends to help keep you accountable, right? No, these were all sinners. All of them. And Jesus was in the midst of it. He was in the middle of it. How many of our parents would be like, oh, you ain't going over there. You ain't doing that. How many of our, the, our, our own church folk would say, you're going over there. And yet Jesus was in the middle of hundreds of sinners tax collectors. See, as Christians, church, we're often told um, and we're taught not to blend in with the world, right? Don't blend in. Don't blend in with the world. We're, we're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to stick out. Don't look like the world. Don't, don't blend in. Be different. Amen? That's what we're called to be. 
Well, a lot of times we don't know how to do that. And so instead of not blending in, we just remove ourselves completely. Oh, man, come on. Man, that preached, okay? Sometimes we don't know how to not blend in with the world. So instead of saying, okay, because I don't like the way that you talk, I'm just not going to associate with you anymore. Because I don't like your language, because you cuss a little too much for me. Because of the way that you act, because of the way that you think, the way that you believe, because of your other religion, it it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to recuse myself from you. So when we do that, we take ourselves out of the great commission equation. Where Jesus said, go into all of the world and make disciples. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that when the people in our world, when the people in my world are all people who look like me, think like me, and act like me. We can't be preaching to the choir all the time. God preached this message to me this week, man, and it hurt. I'll be honest with you. It hurt. I'll be transparent real quick. With you guys, I don't, I don't have a lot of unbelieving friends. And that's sad. I don't. I know a lot of people who are not believing. I know, I know a lot of non-Christians, but, but the people in my circle, my closest friends, my closest friends, I can't invite many people to Friends and Family Sunday because they all either go to this church or they go to another church. They're all Christians. My, my core, my inner circle you know, are people like you guys, Pastor Danny, Pastor Brandon, Junior, Larry. I mean, all you guys, I, I love you guys, man. I know you guys are there for me. I got your back. You got my back. But I find it interesting That Jesus said, I'm going to form my core team around people who are totally opposite of what I represent. They're going to become my closest friends. They're going to become my confidants. They are going to become people that are with me 24-7. I'm going to eat with them. I'm going to hang out with them. I'm going to laugh with them. They're going to joke around me. And some of the things that they say are going to need to be corrected. But they are the people that are going to be in my inner circle because I'm calling them. Come on. I don't, know, I, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I'm talking to myself. I need to give me some more unchristian friends. And I need to bring them into my inner circle. And I need, because I know who I am in Christ, they're not going to influence me. I'm going to influence them. But I can't do that if I'm just hanging around people who think like me and act like me and, and believe like me. And, and we can't go out into the world. Jesus said, give me Peter. He has a temper. I like that. Give me Matthew. He's a tax collector. Give me Judas. Give me Judas. Give me Thomas who struggles to find faith even when I'm right in front of him. Give me all the sinners. Let them come to me so that then I can change them. Why does your teacher gather with sinners and tax collectors? Because that's who he came to reach. That's it. You know, you know church, there's, in the church there's this common saying and we get it from the book of john chapter 17 we we say we are in the world but we are not of the world amen we're in the world but we're not of the world we say that in a way that it disregards the first part of that sentence we're in the world but we're not of it we we kind of need to flip it on its head sometimes we're not of the world 
but we're still in the world. And, and so if we're in the world, that means that we have a mission to do things. Had Jesus not stepped in the world, we would still be dead in the trespasses of our sin. And in the same way, if we are not in the world, we can't be a light to the world. The church wasn't called to church itself. It was called to the unchurched. And so, you know, we can, we can say things, and I love the theme. I love come as you are. I love that. And we can, we can put up signs and pass out flyers, and, and we can create Facebook events, and we're going to have a come as you are Sunday. But how much more will the world be attracted to the church when the church steps out of the church and sends that same message? How much more? When, when, when we say, come as you are to me, and I will befriend you. Come as you are to me, and I will love you. I will have compassion on you. Come as you are to me, and I will help you. The church doesn't need to be having a food drive for me to help someone who is hungry. We don't, we don't need physical altars to pray for someone out in the street who needs prayer. And so if I, just as an individual... John Ryan can too. If I, if I can't send the message to someone out in the world that, that says you can come into my life just as you are and I will have compassion on you just as, just as Christ has had compassion over me, how much less are they going to believe us when there's just more of us in one building? The church doesn't, the church doesn't grow from within. It, 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 it grows when we are deployed and when we bring people in and we create relationships with other people. This is why Jesus stepped into the world. He went into it and he found and he called sinners. He didn't go into the synagogues. He didn't go into the temple. He didn't go to call the religious elite. He didn't go in the temple and said, okay, we're going to open up this church and we're going to tell people they can come as they are. And if they want, they can come in, you know, if they're comfortable and we'll just, we'll just kind of go from there. No, no, that wouldn't have worked because sinners don't know how much they need Jesus. And if they don't know how much they need Jesus, they're not going to come find Jesus in a church. What Jesus did was he went out. He created relationships with sinners, just like the relationship that he has created with you and with me. He went out as an agent only of the kingdom of God. That's what I want you to understand, church, real quick. If you're a member of the house, church, when you make a connection with somebody, your primary agency is the kingdom of God. It is not Numa Church. Okay? If you're going to mention Numa Church... Don't make us look bad, okay? But your primary agency, you're not trying to sell someone a church. You're not trying to sell a membership. You're trying to introduce somebody who doesn't have Jesus Christ. Don't let the first thing that comes out of your mouth be, hey, do you want to come to church with me? Ask them how they're doing. Ask them if they need prayer. Ask them if they know Jesus. I'm the lead pastor of this church, and I can think of several occasions just off the top of my head where I offer prayer to someone in need, and I don't even mention Numa Church. I don't know if that makes me look good as a pastor or not. But I'm not, I'm not concerned with that immediately. My, my, my concern is, is, is them in that moment 
bringing Christ to their life, can I lead you in a prayer? Can I offer some words of encouragement? After all of that, then maybe I'll mention Numa Church. But if I'm, if I'm sitting with somebody who needs prayer, my first thing isn't going to be, hey, well, come check us out. 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, we got coffee, and uh, we'll pray with you after service. Because as Christians, our primary agency is the kingdom of God. It is not the local church. And the worship team come up. I want to leave you with one more thing this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you know of him. Maybe, maybe you read your Bible every now and then. You, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to tell you something this morning, okay? And I, if, if, you don't listen, if you haven't listened to anything that I've said, maybe you're like, this preacher, nah, he, nah, he ain't cutting it. I need to tell you something real quick. Jesus loves you as you are. Okay? Okay, okay. He loves you as you are, but he desires you to become as he is. So when you, that message of come as you are, it's, it's not stay as you are. It's come as you are and let me mold you. Let me do something with you. This is another reason that Jesus called sinners because sinners are moldable. Sinners are dirty. And, and you can only just become more dirty, but, but Jesus sees an opportunity to cleanse. This is why he didn't call the self-righteous. The self-righteous thought they didn't need help. Jesus wanted the sinner because the sinner he can make clean. The poor in spirit, the Bible says he can make rich in spirit. The meek he can make inherit the world, as Matthew 5 says. The sick he can make healed. And so when Jesus says, come, follow me, as he did to Matthew, the tax collector, as he did to the rest of the the disciples, the fishermen, all the sinners, as he's doing to some of you this morning, we need to recognize that that is an invitation to come as we are. Come as you are with all your baggage, with all your doubt, with all your mess, with all your insecurities, with all your anxiety, with all your, your anger. You don't need to dress up. You don't need to put makeup on. He sees right through it. You don't need to be anything other than what God made you to be, and he will form you into a new creation. <laughs> and so I, I want you to just know that this morning. Even on my best day, I'm like a filthy rag. Even on my best day, I am nothing. But Jesus, he calls me. Jesus, he loves me. As long as I am willing, as long as I step out, I will be used by him. And I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. And I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a call. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Church. Thanks again and God bless.